from CSG Studios high above the streets of beautiful Denver, Colorado. You're listening to the Colorado Sports Guys. They talk about sports and stuff. And now your hosts, Jeff Morton, Ross Martin, and Nate Timmons. Welcome to the show. We're back once again. Colorado Sports Guys, Ross Hipster's Glasses, Martin. Tried to make it down tonight, but we thwarted his best efforts. Yeah, that, we really apologize, Ross. <laughs> yeah, but Ross will be back very soon. We kind of screwed him out of tonight because uh, we thought there was something crazy going on down here at Jake's. It turns out ended a little bit sooner, but we are down here at Jake's Food and Spirits, 3800 Walnut Street, with me as always, the king himself, making his way all the way down here from Thornton, Jeff Morton. You're not used to saying, with me as always. And then going into someone other than Ross, aren't you? Yes. Here's the usual thing. Ross, hit okay, that's a fine. pattern. Yes. Hey, what's up, everybody? Um, it's good to be here as always, and uh, we're we're trying a different kind of thing tonight with our recorder. So hopefully it uh, hopefully it translates. If it sounds awful, it sounds awful, and I apologize. That's, that's true. That's true. But you people will listen anyway. You people. <laughs> what do shake you mean? Our fist. What do you mean, you people? Um, so yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, That's we, what we're doing. We both forewent going to the Nuggets game tonight so we could podcast, and we almost didn't get the podcast, so it would have been almost a complete waste, but the Nuggets are... <laughs> it would have been really ridiculous. Nuggets are at the half. They are down 3, 49-46 to the ever-popular Philadelphia 76ers. Ugh. 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 I'd like to see the Nuggets try to lose this game somehow. See, I guess. I can't do that. I cannot root for a team to lose. Yeah, me neither. They're going to blow them out in the second half. I just know. That's it. exactly what they're going to do. Um, so, how was your? Oh, you had a since we last spoke. You had a birthday. How was that? I did. I had the birthday. Very uh, somewhat uneventful. It's kind of cool though. I, was, I actually worked, but my sister sent a cake. My sister lives in California. Sent a cake to my work, so that was kind of cool. She lives in. She, she lives on the California side of uh, Lake Tahoe. She does. Yes. Oh wow. Yeah. School's on that side, so she's up in Sunny Side by Squaw Valley area. Oh, interesting. Well, um, I've heard so many chairs here at Jake's being moved around on the floor. <laughs> and we got we got to talk to Feinstein about this bingo guy too. The, I'd like to go punch this bingo guy. The right bingo in the guy is way too enthusiastic for bingo. He also has like that bad radio voice. He's like, "Hi guys, we're gonna get the bingo." What's up, everybody? Hi, <laughs> twenty-five. Does anyone here have I-25? Yeah. His worst call was, everybody should be excited about this one. It's 069. <laughs> it's like, are you serious, guy? This guy deserves a karate chop right to the throat area. So uh, bringing it back, your birthday is was uneventful, huh? Yep, 33, which is cool. That's one of my favorite numbers. So hopefully it'll end up being a good year. But No one took you anywhere? You didn't do anything special at all? Uh, I went and watched some March Madness games with my buddies, and then my mom took that to be a birthday party. She's like, so how was your birthday party with your friends? I was like, no, we actually met to go watch college basketball. This was pre-planned. She's like, well, who, so who showed up for your party? I'm like, well, it wasn't a party. It was just, you know, like three of us for about three hours <laughs> watching some basketball games. Well, hopefully your mom makes up for that and gives you the right and proper party that you deserve. Well, they did take me, uh, we went to Cheesecake Factory, which is cool. Oh, uh, the one in... Uh, one by Park Meadows. Oh. Yeah, it was packed when God, I was I have on not Sunday. Been to Cheesecake cake factory forever. Packed. Packed? I don't I recommend not going. Yeah. They should have taken you to the old spaghetti factory. Ugh. <laughs> Went on a date there a couple years ago. Like well about five years ago. To the spaghetti a, factory? Well it was with a girlfriend. It was really? like a date night, you know? But we just wanted to go because we hadn't been in forever. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's why we haven't been here forever. This place is garbage. Never do anything out of nostalgia. I did that, like, for the, the restaurant, another Italian restaurant, Dino's. It's on uh, West Colfax. It's like Colfax and Kipling, right? It sounds awful. And, you know, they had those really big noodles that are about the size of your arm. And uh, I really looked forward to it. And then I took my artist, that one of my artists that I managed, Mark, there. And uh, I was severely, severely disappointed in the... Uh, in what I what I but I didn't wasn't didn't match what I remember so yeah. obviously that's a different thing so but sucked well you uh, I believe did something fun tracks had their relaunch party was it a relaunch or a birthday party it, it, it was kind of it was it was like uh, they they completely redesigned it inside and put a gigantic LED screen in there and uh, like how the term LED screen is like it's like LED like that's how you know it's good. I don't even know what the hell LED you, is. You know, I wonder if that's their tagline. 
<laughs> LED, you know it's good. <laughs> That's how you know it's good. No, um, and, and it was it's it's very impressive. You know, I would recommend you go, but it is a gay club. Yeah, and uh, as Mine we all know, tries to draw me in every once in a while by well, saying, "Hey, there's gonna be a lot of girls there." I'm like, "Lesbians? Is that what you mean?" As we as we all know, Nate Timmons is not gay, <laughs> so therefore he has no reason to be going to tracks. However, uh, I was mind, I wouldn't I was mind there. posing as a gay man and then getting in with like a circle of women. And then tricking them into something fun later. Well, that's interesting. I did not see many straight women <laughs> I think there. There's uh, there's movie plots about uh, that. Julie, Julie Brahman and uh, Maya Starks were there. I saw a picture of uh, Andy and Julie Brahman. I was like, is that Julie Brahman? Yeah, Julie Brahman and Maya Starks were there. I had a good time talking to them. Didn't know they were a gay couple. Congrats <laughs> to them. <laughs> they are not, but <laughs> um, it was fun. And uh, yeah, it was a great time. And to be honest with you, anyone who is so inclined needs to go to tracks. Because they really, really have done a great job of redesigning and reimagining the place. So for I, I, all I, the, kudos all to Andrew, Andy, our buddy Andy Feinstein. He did a great job. All the gay people listening, go on down. All the women, single women that don't want to be bothered by handsy men, go on down. And single dudes that like to try to pretend they're gay to hook up with chicks, go on down too. Well, I know about three gay people who listen to this podcast. Perfect. I just offended. But all there's three a of bunch them. of you who are subscribed that I do not know personally. So, I, if you're in Denver, I suggest you going down there. It was a great time, and I, the rest of the, the evening, uh, the rest of the evening is the entertainment. We had the one of the Pussycat dolls there. Yeah, as Andy told us last week, she was coming down. Was she good? Um, you know, to be, <laughs> you to be honest with you, um, I don't remember. <laughs> That has nothing to do so, with her. That has everything to do with me. Well, she also may have been awesome because <laughs> it was a party vibe is what I'm getting. And you guys partied. Uh, oh, God. I, I was. It's good. I was, I, would, I was. Let's just say that. Let's just say that most of what I could say. Um, no, I can't say. I couldn't. I literally cannot say anything because okay. I, I was quite inebriated. I'll tell you, since we're on the subject of uh, drinks. Um, drinks. My buddy. Introduced me. I guess we'll call this a, his birthday present to me. He introduced me to one of the greatest cocktails I've ever made. J.P. Weiser's Vanilla Spiced Whiskey. Ginger Ale. And a little lime juice. That doesn't even taste like you're drinking. That's delicious. Well, and I like tasting bourbon, but sometimes it's fun to have a drink that's not real bourbon-y. So this Canadian blended whiskey is good. Isn't uh, aren't they the ones who took over the Tuaka Chill Zone? JP Weisers, yeah, yeah. at yeah. Uh, Pepsi Center. So you could Canadians. probably order that drink at Pepsi Center. Oh yeah, yeah. Not while we're working, obviously, but I mean, still, you could you could go down instead of getting a Tuaka shot, you could get JP Weisers that drink you just said. Vanilla you know. spiced whiskey, ginger ale, lime juice, out of this world. And if you get a sphere cube in there, yeah, I bought these spheres cube molds i'm drinking all my drinks like sphere ice now i don't use crushed ice regular ice cubes Ugh. sphere ice sphere <laughs> not spear sphere sphere ice okay well i'm looking forward to having that drink at another time i don't believe they have uh weiser's rye here at uh at uh, jake's food and spirits 3800 walnut street um jp weiser's vanilla spiced whiskey I so it, is it bourbon? It. Is it bourbon? It's Canadian whiskey. Oh, so it's so it's going to be a touch on the sweet so side. So it's polite. It's very polite. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and you become very polite after you have three or four of them. <laughs> very good. Well, that's great. So yeah, that's what's going on there. Let's let's get into a little uh, Denver Broncos talk. We've kind of neglected them. Yeah, I'm good for right now. We've kind of ignored the Broncos this off season. Uh, because, frankly, we haven't podcasted very often. And last week went heavy on the Nuggets since we had Andrew Feinstein joining us. Uh, but the Broncos have done some stuff. I've got a couple lists here. First list, franchise player, Demarius Thomas. Bang. Yes. Resigned, Ben Garland, Paul Cornick, Brandon Marshall, the linebacker, Steven Johnson, and Virgil Green. Any of those names excite you? No. Brandon Marshall was pretty good. I thought he ended up being all right. Uh, ben Garland or Paul Cornett could perhaps be starting linemen. But, yeah, nothing. I mean, there's nothing there. That's a re-signed. Free agents that they've signed so far. I might have missed one in the last day or two. Owen Daniels from the Ravens. So, basically, the uh, Gary Kubiak groupie 
Darian Stewart <laughs> from the Ravens, safety. And they got Shelly Smith, who actually went to CSU. He was with Kubiak in Houston, uh, but he came from the Dolphins and might start at left guard. He has a shot. So basically what we're saying is the Broncos did nothing. And departed free agents will go Julius Thomas to Jacksonville, five years, $46 million. Orlando Franklin to the Chargers, five years, $36 million. Terrence Knighton signed a one-year, $4 million deal with the Redskins. Mm-hmm. And Raheem Moore, three years, $12 million uh, with the Texans. And, of course, Peyton Manning went from $19 million down to $14 million with his salary. But, I mean, that departed list is interesting. Obviously, Julius Thomas, the, the big name there. But Orlando Franklin, you know, very steady offensive lineman. Probably could have gotten some very key bad personal fouls. And then you had Terrence Knighton, who, you know, from the vibe I get from everybody that covers the team, very good locker room guy. He was, you know, kind of endeared himself to fans when he said he wanted to retire a Bronco. And then, boom, he's gone on a one-year $4 million deal. Well, the Broncos are notorious for just, like, saying, you're not part of our plan, so we're not going to even offer you a cursory kind of uh, contract. So The Corey Brewer treatment, yeah, if you will. So, evidently, then the... Terrence Knighton did not fit into their plans. Yeah, and he's just, you know, gone, which is interesting. And I was going to say this if Ross was here. I'm kind of sad I don't get to use this line with him, but Ross was going to be very, very happy heading into this Broncos season. Well, he, I think, because the pressure's off. The Broncos are no longer the favorites. That was Ross's big hang up, right? He didn't like all the pressure that came with, you know, being this good team. He doesn't have to worry about it anymore. He just has to sit back and relax. Oh, Matt, Matt Moore, very angry. Matt here. Moore. Okay, Matt, if you're listening to this tomorrow, I'm sorry. We decide, The very reason what's going on is we we're the reason we decided to podcast tonight. So, anyway. Yeah, no, the Broncos um, really made, like stood out for not doing much of any note. After a couple off-seasons of really making a lot of splashes, you know? So and maybe that's like the more prudent thing to do, though. You know? Well, it's, it, let's, uh, as I like to relate everything to the Nuggets, when the Nuggets traded Marcus Camby, everybody wrote him off, right? And they traded Camby to the Clippers. Okay, they're done. It turned out being addition by subtraction, and the Nuggets went to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. So maybe there is something to the Broncos saying, hey, we're going to bring in these young players you know, we're going to turn things over to our rookies, our second-year, third-year guys, yeah. and really see if they can kind of be the ones that, that, you know, propel us. But it is interesting they're going to bring back Peyton Manning, but they're not really, like, arming up for another Super Bowl run. Well, uh, Peyton took, gave, a, what, a $4 million pay cut? Yes. And that allowed them to sign Owen Daniels? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So And Darian Stewart, whoever he is. So apparently, you know... The, 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 I was going to say the Nuggets. The Broncos have basically said we're okay with the last year's team. I guess, yeah. With Aside from, you know, giving up Terrence Knighton and, uh, you know, Julius Thomas. and Julius wasn't even really like a big – was he a huge factor last season? I mean, he missed much. so much. He missed a lot of the he, last – He's a good red zone touchdown guy, but I, I don't think he's that – he wasn't that important. Wes Walker, is he coming back or is he dead? <laughs> dead i think right no i think i think he's still alive but no longer with the broncos his head caved in on him (laughs) (laughs) well it's kind of like uh what maybe wells welker should have done is what uh borland did in uh the san francisco and just retire yeah that guy got out early didn't he now that wasn't early but his name ben borland something borland rich corland (laughs) something borland Boring, whoever he is. Uh, so are you – what do you think of the Broncos? Do you think they're going to – do they have any kind of Super Bowl, Super Bowl aspirations to you at this point in time? Um, to be honest with you, I'm not looking at this year as a Super Bowl year. They will definitely make the playoffs because Peyton Manning is still the quarterback. But I'm, I just – I don't see any moves they've made that have advanced them. Have you? I mean, I, I guess we are kind of leaving out. Demarius is going to be back. How happy he's going to be to be franchised remains to be seen. Yeah. Um, what's his name's coming back? Chris Harris. They re-signed during the season, right? So he'll be back, which is good. 
But yeah, I, I just don't Three know. Three pointer from Danilo Gallinari. Sorry. I just don't know <laughs> if we should be excited about this Broncos season. At least, at least for Ross's sake, the pressure is now off. He can go back to being enjoying the wins when they get them. And you know, yeah. maybe he'll finally get that Super Bowl of the underdog Super Bowl that he's been dreaming of since he was a, a mid-teenager well, Ross, in 1997. Ross, I know you are listening to this. The pressure is off, man, because I know you did not handle last year very well. No, <laughs> as we've said very, as said over and over, it, it was the expectations were up, and I think that that contributed to the general misery of Broncos fans as the season progressed. And I think that basically the, the the expectations of the year, coupled with the basic weirdness of Peyton Manning, had basically kind of made this offseason kind of bizarre, don't you think? It's just like people had an expectation of something, and it turned into something else. And now people are just kind of – actually, I think they're kind of glad – the, the 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 pressure is off, but there's some idiots out there who want Brock Osweiler, you know, quarterbacking this team. Let me tell you something: you people are morons. What you people who? are absolutely is that a real thing? You pe- yes, people are morons. I will, and it's because they're pissed him. off at Peyton. But to be quite honest with you, you people are idiots. I wish to not associate with you in public if you believe that you that a Brock Osweiler quarterback team would be just as good as a Peyton Manning quarterback team. Uh, you know, what wouldn't necessarily mind seeing Brock in there instead of Peyton? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Are you kidding? Uh, all right, so Broncos, whatever they're going to do. How about these uh, next season that's going to be starting April 6th when the Rockies head to Milwaukee to play the Brewers? Oh, the Rockies. <laughs> Have you? When was the last time you went to Coors Field? Last year. You did? Yeah. Did you go to the party deck? No. I went with my friend Matt. We were Matt. Pat. Sorry, Pat. Pat, I know you're listening to this. I apologize, Pat. Um, we went last year. We sat, oh, I, I don't know, about 15, 16 rows up on the first base side. And uh, it was a good time. They uh, lost to the Giants. How did you not go up to the party deck? Uh, I really should have. Are you planning on going to any games this season? I'm trying to make it to opening day. Really? Yeah. When is that? April 10th. April 10th. Against the freaking, that's going to be Nate Crackman and all those clown Cub fans will be there. <laughs> clown Cub. <laughs> Fuck you, Crackman. And your Cubs. They're going to have those freaking, uh, those bars. Lodos is going to have their welcome Cubs fans banners out. It always makes me sick when they do that. Well, it, it's like, it's like, why are you doing that? Welcome, like you're welcoming. Would you ever put up like a, like a welcome Kansas City Chiefs fans? Yeah, it's like it's it's. Is there a Chiefs bar in Denver, by the way? I don't believe so. Gotta hope not. Just trying to watch the Nuggets game. If it podcast. was, it would be a barbecue joint. Um, <laughs> welcome Chiefs fans. A Chiefs barbecue. You no, know, to be honest with you, that's something only the only. The Colorado Rockies do. And are you sure? Have you been to other markets? Well, in this market. <laughs> <laughs> it's something. And, you know, that's what's infuriating is because, you know, it gives off these this error that they don't care, that all they care about is that you fill in the stadium. It would be funny if they had bouncers inside those bar doors, and as soon as, like, a Cubs fan walked in, they just laid them out. Just, bam, just tricking them, tricking them to come into the bar. Welcome, Cubs fans. They walk in there, you just beat the shit out of them for a few minutes. I mean, that, I guess, probably would not be that great of a thing, but it would be hilarious. Well, you know, we hope that uh, we hope that uh, um, the Rockies have a successful t- season. Nope. I hope that. Not going to happen. <laughs> no, I'm saying there's a hope. There's no hope. <laughs> hope <laughs> but, is gone. But Let's put it this way. If the Rockies were a character in Shawshank Redemption, they would be that old man who climbed up on that chair and put that noose around his neck. No hope. What was his name? Birdman, I think. No. That's, that's he had a Birdman bird. of Alcazar's. <laughs> um, something was here. Remember, he wrote, he wrote it on the... Yeah, it was like... Uh, yeah. Red was obviously Re- Morgan Freeman. Yeah, right? well, I remember... Re- I mean, uh, it was James Whitmore was the at- actor. He was the guy up. who did the Miracle Grow commercials. I gotta look this up. <laughs> Shawshank. Shawshank Redemption. 
God dang. People are like screaming at their podcast right now. What was his name? Like, I'm going to guess Gathers. Well, Mr. Gathers. <laughs> what? <laughs> Mr. Gathers. Where's this old bastard? Morton Norton Haywood. What was, it, what was the actor's name? Oh, Brooks. Brooks Hatlin. Oh, Brooks was here. Brooks yeah. was here. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden, he hung himself because he had no hope. Just like your 2015, 2016 Colorado Rockies. Did they go into 16? Just 15. How long? Hell, how long? Just, just 2015. God, how long it's is that? The only, it's April, the only thing that goes through one solid year, baseball. April until the last game is October 4th. Yeah. Dude, it's so weird. Like, you play the freaking... It's just weird. Ugh, baseball. God, I haven't watched... I watch baseball playoffs, but I just can't get into a regular season baseball game. Can't do it. I... You know, to be honest with you, I can. I mean, about three years ago, I remember calling you, and you were, like, downtown enjoying the festivities around opening day. So don't don't pretend like you don't like that sort of thing. Opening day is fun. I mean, I like to go down there and hang out at the bars. And then uh, I had a buddy that went to opening day with a girlfriend, and he got thrown out of the stadium on opening day. What? Why? I think they were playing the Cubs. He was just intoxicated. And I don't know what he tried to do, but I ended up talking to him like the next day. He's like, yeah, man, I was in there for a couple innings, and then uh, I got escorted out of there. I was like, so what did your uh, Cubs fan girlfriend think of that? He, not happy with him. <laughs> she was not happy. I don't think she knew that he got thrown out either. He, like, texted her from outside the stadium like, hey, I went to go get drinks, and now I'm outside the stadium. <laughs> Please come find me. Oh, my God. But I had uh, one of my buddies who we went to those uh, Nuggets, the Nuggets-Spurs playoff series. Obviously, Denver lost. And my buddy got ejected from Pepsi Center for screaming at, like, a 13-year-old kid in a Manu Ginobili jersey. And I got a text from him that said, hey, when that usher came up to get me, I walked downstairs and there were six police officers and they escorted me out of Pepsi Center. So he texted us letting us know he was uh, taking light rail home. And <laughs> his night was done. And the Nuggets night was done just a few short days later. Nostalgia well, of the playoffs. Nostalgia of the playoffs. Oh, you know, that's why those playoffs are the reason that Nuggets fans will always hate Manu Ginobili, as I recall, because his flopping, I believe, was out of control. I was even upset when they brought him in for a free agent visit. I remember that. That was 2000. Uh, Same year as Kmart. Yeah, four. Yeah. Blech. Not good. Blech. Poop. Tui. Speaking Blech. of those uh, Denver Nuggets, they are still playing, but. They are tied. What for? They're actually uh, down one point. Down one point. They're behind. Oh, well. See, I wasn't looking at the game. I was looking at the uh, NBA thing. So, is there anything new with these guys? Is there anything that the Nuggets could do the rest of the season? I mean, the hot topic's obviously the coach. But it's obviously, I, I kind of want to, I'm really curious about, oh, God. I never want to see a player mm-hmm. grab his knee. Yeah. I'm always curious about, what these guys are going to do with this roster. I uh, did radio spot on the way down here with Reno Nataro, and you know he kind of asked me that. What do you think of this roster is going to do? And it's like, I don't know, man. I, I really don't know if they're going to turn it over finally. Are they finally going to rebuild something or no? Uh, at this point, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, I think the the, the team in general seems like they're pl- now that they're playing the style that they want to play, they need to get better players, right? And that's been the case with the Nuggets since Carmelo left. They need to get better players. So in order to get better players, what do you do? Well, you start. You have to start trading and getting rid of players, to be quite honest with you. But, I mean, I'll be 100% honest. The Nuggets, even before they started winning games this last time, were only the fifth slot and now they've dropped to what the eighth or ninth? I mean, they're not going to get lower than where they're at. Oh, you're looking at draft pick. Yeah, they're yeah. fifth now. I think they're eighth currently. Yeah, and you're right there. It's like the only way they're going to get. I don't even know. I mean, looking at this draft, and you know, it's a total crapshoot, especially where the Nuggets are going to be. Anywhere from five to ten, total crapshoot. Yeah. And I don't. I also don't know what player they're going to target. Like I was thinking about that today too. Like, what do they? What do you do with that pick? I mean, do you go after? You know, there's not really a point guard that, you know, really stands oh, out. Yeah. But, I mean, Damian Lillard also didn't stand out in his draft class. So, I mean, 
that's where it's really going to be up to Tim Conley and his staff is just to identify a player that they believe has the most potential. And they didn't do that last year when we, you know, we thought maybe they'd go after Zach well, Levine, but maybe they saw Yusuf Nurkic as a guy that had more potential than both. Well, they couldn't. They couldn't have got uh, Zach Levine because the the uh, Timberwolves picked him at ten. What? Are you sure? Yeah. I'm not sure about that. I think they did take him, didn't they? No clue. Nobody knows. When were you drafted, kid? 13th by Minnesota. So they could have gotten him. Jeff's once again feeding misinformation to the masses. Well, what pick do the Nuggets have? 12. Well, so, so they could have gotten him. <laughs> <laughs> My point stands. <laughs> they could have drafted him. No, they 12th. couldn't have. Yeah. No, because he was drafted... 13th. We take you through an elementary school class. Shut up. All right, start with Shut one. Shut up. Let's go to two. Shut up. Three. <laughs> but, you know, that but that's the thing. You know, what, whoever they're going to find. What do you think of, uh, I've been saying he should be an untouchable, uh, and that's Gary Harris. Have you been? Um, he is one of the worst offensive players I've ever seen in my life coming out of college. But he's also very good defensively. Is he really like? That's what I can't figure out is if he's like. I mean, his shot's fine. I feel like he's in his own head so much. I don't think his shot is fine. I think his shot is terrible. But he it looks good. Misses so aggressively. Yeah, and he takes a lot of shots. That's where I tend to there. think that it's just it's. <laughs> you know, even talking to him, he just you can tell he's frustrated. And I think that the best thing for him is going to be the season being over and him just getting to go in the gym and just shoot and just do something to get away from it and not think about it. But I also don't think that we should be labeling him, and I'll still, you know, preach that. We shouldn't be labeling him as a bad shooter yet because we don't know, even though he is terrible this season. Yeah, that's true. That's true, but, I mean. But he hasn't. I don't don't know if he's done enough to where, let's say, a team this season said, give me Ty Lawson uh, and Gary Harris, and I'd be like, yeah, they should do that. But you can, I mean, the difference between him and Nurkic is that you look at Nurkic on the floor and you're like, oh, man. Oh, man, there's something there. There is something. Harris, it's Didn't like, we say that when Harris scored 33 in Summer League, though? Heck, Whatever no. it was? I mean, if you take things from Summer League, you're in the Nicholas Skeetishvili should have been an MVP's camp. And that's, that's I, I tend to dismiss anything in, in Summer League. Yeah, I don't think he ever scored 33 in Summer League, though. Maybe yeah. maybe he scored 30. I don't know. <laughs> but it was like, it's like, I look at Gary Harrison, I think he's a great defensive player. I mean, at an advanced, and advanced at this point. Better than a lot of veterans uh, that you can point out there. But his offense is atrocious. It is terrible. He's had a couple and, good dunks. Yeah, but, I mean, so? <laughs> he just It does seem like there's something kind of broken in his offensive game, but, you know. I mean, you can repair that, but it's like, it's like I think at this point his value exists as a defensive player, and anything you get offensively is just gravy because he's pretty small. And he has a tough time creating on his own because he's a two. I wasn't that disappointed in his his size after they started playing. I was like, wow, he really isn't like that much smaller than Aaron Aflalo. But I've always felt Aflalo was undersized. Um, but that also could have been because he was, at least against Kobe. I hated watching Aflalo against Kobe because Kobe terrible. just could do whatever he wanted, you know? So, and I, I don't like the idea of having a guy that's only a... Uh, like a three and D guy, I've never liked that. I always think that you just you're limited that way. But I mean, you can make a career out of that. I just I I hope that his offensive game round game rounds into form. It's one of the worst things is that's why I think potential gets GMs fired because you can always wait for potential. And Gary Harris, I'm not I'm not off the Gary Harris bandwagon. But I think people need to reshape their expectations of him around what he does on the defensive end. 
No. <laughs> I refuse to do that. refusing to do that. <laughs> Flat out. Yeah, maybe. Tis possible. I mean, how long are you going to sit around and wait for him? I mean, it's like for him to show anything on the offensive end. Yeah, I don't even know his career high is. Is like seven or nine? I mean, I think people. Does he have twelve? Yeah, I I'll think. Look him up. Yeah, I think people have a like. Yes, you can. You can actually develop if you actually play. But he has had spurts where he's played significant minutes in games, and he has not improved. He hasn't shown that aspect of the offense that you need specifically from a vital position like the two and i think his high this year has been like 15 13 against the pacers back on november the 14th he had a 10 point game in there he's only had two double digit performances but i mean again his minutes 10.8 one month 13 a month 10 a month 14 a month 14 a month it's like i i just i don't know I'll be, I'd, I'd like to wait for him. I'd like to see what he does over the next three seasons, two seasons. You know, this year, gone. The next two seasons, kind of see what happens. But I'm not as sold on the Nuggets, you know, not including him. If they include him in a trade, I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. You know, if, if the trade brings back significant assets, if, if he's part of a bigger deal, I'd be okay with it more so than I was, you know, before the season, obviously, and even halfway through the season. But... How are you feeling about Nurkic and what, what his role might be? I kind of feel like he's been a little bit lost in the shuffle over the past couple of weeks, especially since coming back from injury. Are you talking about Nurkic? Nurkic or Nurkic? Nurkic. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, I think he is actually, under Melvin Hunt, getting the appropriate kind of tr- development treatment that he should have been getting under Shaw. I mean, that's my, that's my look at it. He's getting what? He's getting the appropriate kind of developmental treatment that he should have been getting under shot. Meaning what? Um, he is not being punished like he was, but he's not giving gifted minutes, if that makes sense. I mean, he is, he's not, I mean, Shaw would pull him out with two fouls, right? He's got and then, two fouls in seven minutes tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and and he's, I think he's should have been coming off the bench I mean, I, th- I, I think Melvin Hunt likes Kenneth Freed at center right now. I do, that's not a long-term thing, but I think that helps uh, Nurkic, and I think that helps him kind of ease himself. I mean, let's 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 be quite a, quite honest. I'm not entirely sure if he's hundred percent yet. Right. And that that's going to play a big factor in how he is treated going down the stretch. Um, you would hope that he is able to get more minutes if he's able to be. But those fouls are a problem. Yeah. He's got in his last few games five fouls. Fouled out against Orlando in that big win. Five fouls, four. I mean, you routinely see that from him. But we've seen we've seen pretty good growth from him. And I've also, you know, I don't know if we've actually, actually, I'm going to take that back. I don't know how much growth we've seen from probably like the first month of the season until now. Uh, although he is, he does seem to be part of his game. You know, we want to say he should be patient in the post, but part of his game is he's kind of glued to the floor, so he has to be fast with his decisions because that's how he kind of gets his shot off. He's a quick decision maker, so uh, I like where he, I still like where he's headed. I'm just curious to see what the plans are in the offseason with the coach and the game plan. I don't think listen, I think Nurkic does just fine in a fast system. I really do. And I think that's if that that's the way the Nuggets are going, people should stop doing the hand-wringing over playing a system that's fast with Yusuf Nurkic. I, that doesn't matter. If, it's a, if, it, if it changes his you know, let's say if he's in a slow-paced system, he could be a 20 and 10 guy. And if he's in a fast-paced system, maybe he's a 12 and 7 guy. I don't think he's ever going to be a 20 and 10 guy in a fast in a slow-paced system. You in order to do that, you need to have the ball in your hands all the time. I mean, you have to have, be constantly fed, 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 fed. In a fast-paced system, you get fed that way in a pick and roll. 
So then pick and roll, pick be, and roll, pick and roll. Would you be lowering your expectations for his ceiling then? No. You just say, just do score in the pick and roll. And Melvin Hunt told us um, three, two weeks ago, he thinks Nurkic's jib will be just fine in the pick and roll. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder how much like a system plays into that. You know, like, you know, could he be in a, a focal point of an offense where you build around him? But then you look at teams like, you know, the Brooklyn Nets, and it's it's like, ugh, it's so boring to watch that kind of game. Or, but you know, not not that it's boring to watch more so than it is they haven't been like a really elite team. You know, or you try to think of the big men now, and just the game has moved so far away from that style that yeah, you maybe do need to incorporate you know that pick and roll into your game or not being the focal point of the offense the, but being a focal point when you can be well look at this the from 1990 i don't know seven to about ni- 2003 the game the people playing then specifically in that era would not recognize the game as it is now it is a completely different game and I think there's, it's telling that there's only a couple teams in the league that play like that. It's actually more difficult to play in a half-court system. You know, it is difficult to slow your pace down like that. And I think people have maybe latched on a little too much to the D'Antoni system of seven seconds or less. But the half-court mentality of dump it down to the post, like what Brian Shaw was trying to do here... A series of post-ups would be with Aaron Aflalo and Yusuf Nurkic and Timofey Mozgov and uh, Kenneth Farid and God, J.J. Aaron Hickson. Aflalo post-ups were awful. They were, what I mean, this is what people need to understand. The Nuggets post-ups, you know, what's fine if you want to have post-ups. The Nuggets post-ups themselves were inefficient. They didn't have efficient post-ups. Here's, here's one thing I was listening to. I was listening to a Bill Simmons podcast, his new one, Bill Don't Lie. Uh, with Tom Habershaw, and he had Mark Stein on too. I can't remember which uh, which guest was talking about this, but they started talking about the Warriors, and I thought they brought up a pretty good point to where if you have a free-flowing offense, if you have just kind of principles, that might be harder to game plan for and harder to predict and watch film on because you don't really know what to look for on the film. Like, you might see some tendencies, but there's so many different options. Like, if a, if a team has... You know, 15 plays they run, you can guard against those. When you see things, you might be able to defend them easier. I thought it was kind of an interesting theory. I kind of liked it. And it's interesting that the Nuggets probably should have started doing that a little more under Shaw, but it seemed like he really didn't want to go that direction. Um, Under Melvin, they have incorporated some half-court principles into their running. It's not explicitly like Brian, uh, like George Carl. It's similar. No, I don't think it's anything like George Carl. It's 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 got some similar aspects to it, but it, it's it's they're playing, they're playing a more a f- more efficient and more free flowing offense um, than they ever did under Shaw. Um, that's something to be said. But what disturbed me um, under that kind of guise is how easy it was. For the Nuggets to defend the Atlanta Hawks, maybe. I mean, the Hawks. Let me see. D- the d- Hawks don't, let's 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 not make excuses for the Hawks, which is what Matt Moore did. There is they, basically their three point shots weren't falling, and their offense fell apart, literally fell apart. Nine and 33 percent. It wasn't that bad. That's awful for them. Thirty-three percent shooting. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like they—that's they not went, devastating. They went bad. through. A, they went through a streak in the second quarter where they missed every three-point shot. I think I believe it was like uh, I'm trying to think here, but it was like it lasted for about six minutes. Their offense fell apart. They could not get a pick and roll started from that, and it, their principles fell apart. And it was because because it was entirely based on on them hitting three-point shots, and it was completely easy for the Nuggets to just say, no, we're just going to take this away from you. And that's what they did. All the Nuggets did is like they made some of Damare Carroll's shots difficult. They made some of, I mean, Paul Millsap was shooting threes, for God's sake. So check this out. The Hawks shoot 38% as a team from three-point land. 
and they averaged 10 makes a game. They got nine makes and 33%. Yes, but they shot a lot of threes in the fourth quarter when the Nuggets had no one in there. <laughs> yeah, at the same time, like, and they weren't that far off their average, which goes to say, too, that the no, Nuggets but, just kind of beat them at their own No, game. but that's not, that's, but they hit like four or five three-pointers in the fourth quarter when the Nuggets had literally the scrub unit out there. And they were up by 30. Check out these shot charts. See what they hit in the fourth. I don't know which team is which. Yeah, they hit like two threes in the fourth. Two. I think, unless that one's a three. Three. So they made three of their nine makes in the fourth quarter. So, yeah, they only had six during the game. It was an interesting game. I mean... I don't really know what the point of what we're even talking about is. No, but anyway, that that's principles within, <laughs> I mean, people like to lob the Hawks right now, but their lack of individual talent outside of maybe Al Horford shown through. And that's what the people's complaints were about the Denver Nuggets circa 2012-2013. If things fell apart, you couldn't just turn it over to a single talent and say, hey, go win us this game. Exactly. That's, that's what I wonder, too, about the Warriors. Like, are the Warriors going to be able to do that? Like, you know, like Simmons has been saying, some national guys say, you know, well, you know, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are going sh- to have a couple of shooting performances are going to win you a couple of games. Well, couldn't the same be true to where they're going to have a couple of cold nights where those might lose you games? So that kind of evens out in a sense. Well, last night they were really struggling against the Portland Trailblazers who were missing their three best players other than Damian Lillard. And up until the fourth quarter. They don't have a lot to play for right now. Yeah, they don't. I mean, it's hard to really say a lot. I think these, I think these playoffs I, are going to be fucking incredible. I hope so. I think they're going to be great. I hope they're, they're, they exceed last year's first round. Unless and like I hope the Spurs that, beat the Warriors in round one, and then it's like well, Spurs, Mavericks, or I don't know. Well, what happens is we get into a... We get into a situation where these teams, like, say, allow the Spurs, start uh, grinding teams out, basically. And the the Spurs were pretty free-flowing last year. But their defensive pace, they really subjugated you. And... Well, they, plus they've, I mean, they have the been there, done that card in their pocket, yeah. you know? We haven't seen what teams like the Warriors, the Hawks, the Rockets, well, to an extent we've seen the Rockets, but... We haven't seen some of these teams, even the Clippers. I mean, the Clippers well, have folded like folding chairs. They folded like folding chairs. The Clippers <laughs> have folded under pressure every season in the playoffs. The wild card, obviously, is the Memphis Grizzlies. And Memphis has play, like oozes playoff experience. Yes, they do. So, it's so even Jeff Green. I mean, imagine, imagine the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis Grizzlies in, uh, say, they're playing... Okay, the Blazers are really struggling because they miss Wes Matthews, okay? They play the Blazers. I think they'd beat the Blazers. The Blazers team reminds me a lot of that Nuggets team where they lost a guy they couldn't afford to lose. I mean, they couldn't afford yeah. it to lose anybody, but neither could the Nuggets when Gallo went out. No, no, that's absolutely true. You know, because, because then you take your best bench player of Flalo, suddenly he's in your starting lineup and you have no bench now at all. So... Sucks for them. The Nuggets' margin of error in that situation was was very close. But I think the Hawks and the Nuggets are a better comparison. But I think that the Nuggets didn't have a dead-eye shooter like Kyle Korver. But in that that way, the Nuggets had also had high marginal talent. And, And the Blazers have Damian Lillard, who is a difference maker. The Nuggets didn't have a Damian Lillard. Right. Not at all. And and that's the difference. And even even Aldridge, I mean, you can turn a game over to Aldridge. You yeah. Know, he can go get you 44 if he needs to. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I think these playoffs are going to be great. I'm looking forward to them. I, I really kind of want to see. I might really be rooting for the Cavs <laughs> just because of Timothy Mozgov. My undying love for Timothy Mozgov is I going to Mozzie. turn me into a Cavs fan in the I postseason. I love Mozzie. Mozzie, I, I miss covering Mozzie. Mozzie was one of the best People who don't understand this, and I've probably mentioned this before on a podcast, Ozzy was the mo- one of the most fun people to cover 
as a Nuggets media person. I think people understand it. I mean, just if you follow him on Instagram anywhere, he's a funny guy. He's very literal. Did you see that picture they had recently where it was like uh, Mozgov with like LeBron, Kyrie, Jarrah Smith, all those dudes? It was like basically nine black dudes and Mozgov in the background. Yeah. Like, hey. It was just my click. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was awesome, This is my click. That was, uh, that was a horrible shot by Randy Foy. Um, that was a LeBron. I believe that was what started the Kevin Love thing. With oh, Kevin Love is not in the picture. Oh, he wasn't in the. I yeah. didn't even think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he wasn't in. He there, wasn't was he? in the picture. Ah, poor and, Kevin Love. And I think that is. But Maz really makes teams. I mean, he really is a good team guy. He's a really good locker room guy. People like him. Um, the Nuggets. I, I'll never forget it. You and I were in that locker room. They weren't exactly over the moon about moving about losing Maz. You know what's interesting, too, is that Mozgov's locker wasn't by Gallo's, and him and Gallo are pretty close Yeah, from all indications I have. It was interesting because Gallo's locker is uh, next to Ty Lawson. His is kind of on its own next to Ty. And when Aaron Aflalo is here, Eric Green, Mozgov over by, like, Wilson Chandler, Nate Robinson. Yep. He was over in that side of it. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. I wonder why that was. Um, Mozzie, it's just the way they had that done, but it's like – Maz was good. But he just gets yeah, along with right. everybody. He does, he does, because he, he's a funny guy, and he's 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 a good per, good person. He was great with the media. He's a wild and crazy guy. He was great with the media, and I he's great with some media. Some people he just would give you like he'd mess <laughs> with people. We've talked about it on here before. He'd mess with people and just give you like he'd want to know what your question actually was, and he'd just give you like a one word answer. <laughs> it's like why did you go to why did you make me go to the trouble of re-explaining my question and then you gave me a one-word answer? Just because he couldn't mess with you. <laughs> Monty did. I got, uh, you and I had a good time interviewing him at Media Day. And um, that was... Oh, man. Nuggets. Sorry, this is, I should never watch the Nuggets while I'm... Uh, no, you gotta, we got to take Nuggets away and your laptop. Laptop. You get completely distracted. I do, I do. Um, I think that... Uh, Mazgoff. Mozzie was one of these. <laughs> thank you. Mozzie, actually, I have got some extra video of him talking about, very literally about things. And I think I think that was actually kind of fun at Media Day. was, And he was kind of, as you remember, he was kind of sitting on his own. He was out there, over, you know, kind of in the corner. He was sitting, actually, his chair was next to where Gallo was. And Gallo had a whole bunch of people around him. Mozzie had, you know... You and I walked over to him, and he was just... I saw him light up a little because he liked us, and it was good for him to kind of get to, like, loosen well, he up and knew talk us to us. Too. He I knows mean, us. With, there's 50 people there, and you know, like, you know, you know how it is. There's 50 people there, and five of them stick around for the season. Mm-hmm. 45 of them disappear back to wherever they go. Yeah, and then we... And he li- just got some great answers from him, and I I'll, I miss the Mozzie. And the next year when they come through Denver, I'll, I'll be... Going over to see him, giving him a fist, fist bump, like I always did at practice, you know. Um, but yes, you're you're right. In a, in a long story short, I, I will be rooting for the Cavs, <laughs> only for Cat, only for Mozzie. Yeah. Anyone else in the East that you care about, or not at all? Not I, at I all. don't care about any of those other teams. I don't, you know, I mean, they're but, talking about Mike D'Antoni perhaps taking over for the Wizards on Simmons' podcast, which I found interesting. Really? And what they brought up too, D'Antoni is like With Simmons. Pierce? Simmons said he, he, he wants D'Antoni to get another chance, but he hopes that D'Antoni is very selective about where he goes. And they didn't mention Denver at all. But, I mean, we obviously know he's on the radar somewhat from I a national standpoint. I, I do believe that he's actually expressed interest in coming to Denver. I think that largely is because of Gallo and Chandler, uh, two, two players that he coached in New York. Um, but and people people wanted to say D'Antoni did not succeed in New York. He kind of had the rug pulled out from under him. Yeah, Andy pointed that out. It was like the Mellow trade basically pulled the rug out from under him. I mean, they had a different type. That team pre I don't know how much success they would have had. They might have won forty games, forty five pre Mellow fifty twenty. I don't know. They might have ran out of gas, but they're fun to watch. That that team pre Mellow trade was actually pretty fun. And they kind of they brought life back into Madison Square Garden. Yeah, they did. You didn't really see fun Knicks games until 
those guys started getting back in there and well, winning and playing that fun style. And they went up against some of the big boys, and Amare really kind of took that team on his back a little bit. Yeah, he did. And, you know, that's the last good Amare Stoudemire we saw. <laughs> and his, his ground into dust by Mike D'Antoni's minutes. <laughs> So. And now we're just, you know, it's, it is what it is. Are you what, what specifically are you looking forward to in the Western Conference? All of it. Yeah. I think every the only series I won't be excited to watch is Houston just because I don't like watching Harden try to draw fouls. <laughs> it is frustrating, isn't it? Yeah, but the good news is he doesn't get them that much in the postseason, so he's got to go to plan B, which is actually shooting. Yeah, chucking. Which hasn't worked out for him well in the past couple seasons with the Rockets. <laughs> And I kind of want to see what Dallas can do. Dallas is playing very bad basketball lately, so they they want they beat the Spurs last night. I want to see if they get rejuvenated for the playoffs or if, if they're going to go out. I think the Clippers could get. The fun part is is the top four seeds in the West could get defeated by the bottom four seeds in the West yeah. in the first round. It could happen. It could happen. I I, I can actually see that happening. So um, that's what I like about it. It's just it seems un, seems more unpredictable this year. Than ever, but yeah. it might just be because the standings are inverted from what they should be. Yeah, because the Spurs are in the bottom side of the bracket, and you're yeah. not used to seeing that. Yeah, not recently, but all right, man. Well, let's get the heck out of here. We got playoff basketball coming up at some point. Nugget season will mercifully be over here in a matter of weeks. Yeah, early April. We only got 15, ten games I left. Think. Yeah. So, do you expect? You think they're going to shut anybody down? Or we're going to see these guys play the rest of the way, right? I don't think they'll shut anyone down, but I think they'll keep resting. So, How know. do you feel about Gallo playing in uh, Eurobasket coming up? To be honest with you, that's fine with me. He's going to play somewhere, right? We just got to live with it. He, he's, You can't stop him, and to be quite frankly, he needs more work. He needs to be, get that, that, that all the way back, and it's fine with me if he does it. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's it. Boring old podcast in the books. <laughs> Boring old podcast. <laughs> Straight newsy. We didn't have a guest to bring some uh, some humor to it. Plus, no Ross. No Ross. We really wish Ross was here. Sorry, Ross. We'll see you guys next week, hopefully with Ross Martin. <laughs>